This is Omo. 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 Is this Yoko Omo? This is Omo. This is Omo. everybody it's omo welcome how you guys doing out there i've got chris singing on the line with me hi chris hey how you doing rosie i'm lovely lovely we just got back well you and jerry just got back from your trip to the violin society of america you just like drove down the street i stayed right here mm-hmm. so uh so i got a story for you guys out there i went to the double tree in my hometown of Richardson, and I walked in. It's the Hilton? <laughs> no, 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 it's the Doubletree. Yeah. And I said, I'm ready to register for the VSA conference. And they said, they looked at me <laughs> like they had no idea what was happening. <laughs> and they said, you know, there's another one just like 10 minutes south on the highway. And I looked it up. I lo- went to, you know, vsa.org. Or is it VSA.com? I don't know. Uh, sure enough, this hotel that I've been talking about this whole time, wrong hotel. <laughs> I've been yeah. telling everybody that you're coming to Richardson. No, no, no. It was totally in Dallas. But guys, guys. Did you ruin anybody's trip? I don't know. I think everybody got there safely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you look at the website, that hotel totally looks like the one in my town. <laughs> and furthermore, it's the one that when uh, Robertson's comes to town and brings their like a million instruments for people to try out, mm-hmm. they go to that one. So I just, I was like, well, that's naturally the violin. That's hotel. the violin double tree. So I told everybody the wrong hotel to go to. And I'm sorry, but it seems like uh, everyone got here and had a good time. You were like repping hometown pride. I was. Were, I like, was. It's not Dallas. It's, it's not Dallas. No, it was totally Dallas. <laughs> oh, what a great con- conference. What a great convention. It was. It was fantastic. Uh, so we had a little shindig at my shop here, and we got people to do confessional time to St. Omo Bono. <laughs> and we, yeah. we were willing to like blur people's voices. Mm-hmm. blur it you know they're like ah, this is the doctor calling from. <laughs> and nobody wanted to there were people that kept outing themselves so you'll yeah. hear a few people remain anonymous and other people are like hey i'm so-and-so yeah i try i tried to to do a confessional with uh with bartakos and she just kept making this face and then i just laughed the whole time it's just her face actually <laughs> yeah and uh, speaking of Michelle Bartos, she made an amazing poster. Hell yeah! For Omo Bono Jones, and she's gonna let us sell it on our upcoming Patreon. 
Dun, dun, dun. It's really happening. There's going to be a Patreon. And so those of you out there who have asked oh. for merch and, uh, you know, these hundreds of stickers I'm sitting on, we will be distributing them soon. Thank you for Wait, your patience. Are you sitting on them right now? Like it's... I'm sitting on them. Yeah. It's very cushy. <laughs> so good. I'm going to get a pinky ring when that Patreon money comes in. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're doing with all your profits? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to okay. stun on these hoes. Great. Sorry, sorry. So guys, stay tuned for confessional time with Saint Omobono. There we go. I hear me now. Mm-hmm. Hi, Jerilyn. Hey, Rosie. How are you? We are both live in my podcasting closet. It's amazing. I'm in your closet. In your shop, it feels in like, Texas. It feels like yesterday when we did this for Oberlin. I know, I know, I know. This is so cool. And I'm eating a cookie and drinking a beer. How come whenever we're live, I'm drinking? That's the rule. It's the rule. Yeah. Well, okay. We might. Um, hi, Brandon. My, hi, Rosie's husband. My husband's peeking in, making sure that me and Jerry aren't doing anything inappropriate in this closet. There's not enough room. <laughs> We are going to attempt to have confessions to St. Omobono mm. tonight. Uh, people who have committed workbench sins. Workbench sins. I, what does that entail? What is it, what is a workbench sin? You know, I think probably um, a little too much superglue. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I've definitely been guilty of... Um, you know when someone doesn't have any money to do a repair and uh-huh. you just like glue the bridge back together? Oh. And you're like, okay. this didn't happen. Uh-huh. I was that, never here. That 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 may have happened uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, back in the past, um, I was directed to do things on occasion like use super glue or... Uh, Maybe if a, if a button came out with a neck, I would just glue the button back on. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I get it. I understand it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what I've done recently that's been a sin, but I'm sure in no, the past. No, no, you're too particular. I am. I'm too particular for that. <laughs> I, I cringe and I die a little bit inside. Yeah. So we will see how many confessions we can get tonight. Um, this will be completely anonymous, although. Mm-hmm. Some of you guys will recognize some voices. Mm-hmm. We claim to know nothing. We know absolutely nothing. For I have sinned. Bless me, Saint Omobono, for I have sinned. Please state your sin. My sin is that when I was a young man, maybe 18 years old, 19 years old, I was putting bushings into a quarter-size mittenwald violin. And these violins, if you've ever worked on them, have very thin peg box walls. So there's not a whole lot of surface area for the bushing to go through. So I was pushing pretty hard onto this boxwood bushing with a very sharp awl. And the thing went through the peg box and went through the other side and the awl stuck into the palm of my hand and kind of poked partway through the other side of my hand. No! So you could see the little point of the awl just pointing the skin out on the other side. Do you have a scar today? No, no. See? 
And I just held my hand up straight like this in the violin and they all were stuck to my hand and I just held it up looking at it wondering what I should do. So I just yanked the all out and cleaned up the glue and it, everything was fine. So I just went back to work and about 15 minutes later my hand was completely blocked. Yeah, I couldn't move it. But a couple days later I was fine. Did you get an infection? No. How much blood was involved? Almost none. It was I, strange, strangely not bad. I declare that you have already paid your penance. Okay. I did no harm to the violin. My hand was the that was the punishment enough, do you think? Or should I have done yes. Hail Marys or I think you've done your Hail Marys. Okay. Saint Omobono understands. Okay. Did Osano <laughs> did Omobono ever do that himself? He probably didn't ever have to put in bushings. No. They no. weren't invented when he was okay. That's good. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank I you. feel so much better now. Yeah. I you, feel purged. Do like, you, good. I can breathe now again. This has been blocking me for many, many decades. And you you will go on to excellence and many good things. <sighs> I feel so relieved. Thank you so much. You're welcome. For the, for the absolution. <laughs> Hi. So we're here with Jacob Simmons, who's opted not to be anonymous. Jacob, welcome to OMO. Thank you. Confess Thank you. your sins. Well, I've got two from when I was in school okay, that I think we should uh, uh, clear the air here. So I guess the first one, um, I was just finishing my viola. Okay. Bless me, Sayonara for I have sinned. You are blessed. Please, please confess. And uh, had, I'd, or I'd, I'd finished the plate, the, the top plate. I was showing someone how to flex a plate and telling them to be careful because you can damage a plate or even crack it. And there was some discussion about, uh, you know, the flexing of a plate and how, you know, you, you measure the flex of it and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, and I was really excited because I just finished this plate and it was really supple. I mean, beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful plate. And boy, it was, nice it flex. was moving flex. And so people were talking about flex. I said, hey man, you want to see flex? And then with my own two hands, and I picked up my top, and I started flexing that thing, and all of a sudden, crack, crack. I split my own damn plate nearly in half. Oh, I man. split it up the thing, oh. so. Oh. I haven't thought of, of, of the rest. What, what like, is my penance? I thought of the penance. Um, uh, for your penance, please submit three prayers to St. Omobono, and you will be forgiven. Sacrifice three ribs. For saying Omobono? Yes. Yes. Okay. My second story is um, a little bit earlier when I was in school and uh, I was learning how to seam plates, the, the okay. spruce in particular. Yeah, sure, sure. And I was having a really tough time with this piece and I don't know why, but it just, I'd get it almost done and there'd be one little slice that wasn't quite closed and so I'd work on that one and, and then they'd open up in another spot and I got so frustrated I just left it and I went home for the day. Okay. I said I'll come back tomorrow I'll go work. Okay. I was just too frustrated. I get back the next day and on my bench is my top and it's been seamed and it's perfect and I'm like uh this is a prank. These guys they just kind of spot glued it and they want me to start working on it. it's going to fall apart. So I grabbed the plate hold it by one side, and I just walked over to the bench and wham! Oh, and I split no. it open, and what I found, oh. and it was a perfect seam. Charles, Charles Wolf had, oh. had felt sorry, so sorry for me. He, he seamed it oh. over for me overnight, this really nice seam, and I just 
split it right open. Oh. So it was thankfully I was able to save it because it broke on the side of the seam. Okay. And so, uh, so I left it. plenty of plenty of room to rejoin oh. it. But how 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 small did you feel after that? Oh man, I felt so bad because and boy, but his expression was great. His eyes were just like, <laughs> what did you do? You know. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So. <laughs> Bless me, homobonus, for I have spun. What is your confession, my son? One time, I super glued my pants to my leg, and I was too embarrassed to say anything, so I just pulled it off. But like, if you've ever gotten super glue on jeans, it starts to smoke and burn. And I just pulled like a half dollar sized piece of skin off my leg, stuck to my pants. And then I kept working. Wow. Tell us a story. I can tell you about the time I stabbed myself. Yeah. So, I don't know. It blessed me, Satan, with my bono, for I have sinned. <laughs> Get some. I was at school, and I was carving my edge margins on my violin, my first violin. Stop making that and face. I adjusted. <laughs> And I stabbed myself right in the thigh. And then the substitute teacher saw me run to the bathroom, all sort of uh, just like, nothing's wrong. The blood's draining from my face. And she followed me in with a box of Band-Aids and was like, take off your pants. <laughs> and she helped clean me up. Taking me on a date first, Becky. It wasn't Becky. It wasn't Becky. It was Jesse. Yeah. Hello. My name is Mitch Mooring. And uh, I guess my confession is, you're, you're always taught to hold the knife, hold the plane, hold the chisel, point it away from your body. Well, there's times that you feel like, the only way I can cut this is if I point it at myself. And you regret it every time. Whether that's a uh, cut tendon in your left hand thumb, or maybe a little slice out of your belly. But always, people, always point the tool away from you. Thank you very much. Good night. Okay. Uh, so do you want to be anonymous or not? Um, let's see if anybody can figure out my voice okay. and then just guess. So, so you have you have sins, workbench sins. I have Sins that need to be told to Omobono. Oh, well, St. Omobono is listening. Okay, so back in the day, uh -huh. in my first year uh -huh. of doing stuff on instruments, okay. before I knew what calipers were, okay. thickness calipers, anything, any sort of anything, uh -huh. I did a sound post patch. Oh my. And how'd that go? <laughs> I did a sound post patch in a cello with oh no calipers and a dull gouge. Uh, and I fit it with pink chalk. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dying a little inside okay right yeah now. so you're cringing everybody should be able to see Jerry's face right I'm now cringing right now uh, the other thing is I didn't know how to set a sound post okay so you did a sound post patch without knowing how to like okay so this is a lot of cart before the horse yeah so I end up doing it the guy tells me he'd never done one either before and so we did a partial plaster cast. Now that I actually know stuff about plaster casts, it was absolutely wrong and didn't support it structurally whatsoever. 
So I go at this cello with a dull gouge. And he told me, you know what? I, I've heard that you can see through it a little bit when oh you're getting thin enough. So what we ended up doing was we held a ruler in the bottom of the patch bed and okay. kind of just like angled over to see if you were deep enough. Oh. And so we were like, okay, it's approximately this far down. You should sand it a lot to make sure oh. it's extra smooth. So I oh. sanded lots of nice bumpy fingerprints into it. Oh. Fit the patch. It took me... Fit, fit in quotes? Probably. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then... Loose uh, concept. Yeah. So fit in a loose concept. This is my second experience chalk fitting ever. Okay. Um, with pink chalk. With pink chalk. Okay. Sidewalk chalk. Okay. And um, so we get to the point where we think the patch is ready to get glued in. Uh-huh. We had the towers and everything on, and it was like, uh-huh. you know, it was getting fit in precisely. We weren't wiggling or anything. Okay. We managed to stop before we went through the top because we that's, kind of chickened out. Good. So I feel like the patch bed was probably almost two millimeters thick. So at least we didn't, like, go through the top okay. of the cello. And it was an instrument where there was kind of no liability if it got destroyed. Oh, that's a plus. So that's a plus. It wasn't, like, a high-paying customer where we're doing this crapshoot on sure. it. Um, anyway... So we decide, we're like, okay, what do we do? How do we glue this in? What glue do we do? And so we're standing there like, what glue do we use? Oh my. And so we're standing there, and this was in the time where I had used epoxy, like oh five-minute epoxies. Uh, this was in the time where we'd used a significant amount of tight bond. Oh my. Uh, and all of a sudden... I'm dying a little inside right now. Like, I... I, I... <laughs> So, for people who don't have the pleasure of watching Jerry react to this story, he's like hand on head, kind of leaning against the wall, so he doesn't faint. Um, yeah, kind of. So, all of a sudden, he's like, "Fuck it, we're using fish glue," and he squirts a huge glob of it in, and then we're like, "Okay, I guess we're using fish glue, glue it in." I saw the cello a year ago, and it's perfectly fine. Wow, that's amazing. So I don't know how it happened. I didn't set the sound post. I didn't know how. Well, obviously it seems <laughs> like there's some sort of luck on your side. So. I feel like somebody, some violin-making saint was kind of watching over yeah, us on that one. Mabona, there you go. Yeah, I also, um, my first repair on payroll was a bass bar crack on a bass. Okay. And I didn't know how to cut a bridge or <laughs> do any of the rest of it. Well, nothing like trial by fire. Yeah. So good for you. Cheers, and uh, thank you for confessing those sins. Those are some pretty good ones. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it? You're confessing. There is wine all over your mic and computer already. I'm, it's my fault. I spilled that wine. <laughs> I, I was uh, working on a violin, uh, 18th century Italian criminals violin um, I, I replaced the fingerboard everything was perfect and then I set the violin on my bench and it I had a file there and I made a scratch in the back and this violin was uh, 1.2 million dollars <laughs> and uh, of course, 
it was devastate, devastated and um, well, I had to do a touch-up. You had to do what? Touch-up. Varnish. A touch-up. Touch yes. And okay. And I did it and nobody noticed it for years. Nobody knows about it. To this day? To this day. Ooh. I am the only one who knows about it. So it was a really bad thing. I know now that uh, all my files go somewhere else before I, I put my the instruments there. And, and But I am very proud about that touch-up, varnish touch-up. Yeah, because it was totally invisible. Thank you for confessing. I'm sure that no one will notice you by your accent. My British accent? Your British accent. Thank you. Um, by your confession, you are absolved and, and you are free to continue your labors. Thank you. <laughs> I feel much better. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you feel better. <laughs> Thank you. St. Omo, it has been almost 19 years since my last confession. It's a long time. <sighs> yeah, I know, but I, I feel it. I feel it. Um, I would like to confess that besides about four bows, um, almost every bow that I've tried to camber, that I've made, you know, or started making, I have snapped. Oh, every yeah. single time, besides four times, always. We, okay, can you, all right. I think it's because I have daddy issues. Wait, okay, how many bows have you tried to camber? I'm gonna go with probably 25 bows. Okay. And it's because we did this technique where you'd like kind of heat a small area and just kind of kink it over like an edge of a bench. So you kind of heat small, one area. Very small area. You you, sub, you subject one area to the flames. Yeah. And that and area has to endure that incredible heat. It's It has to do with, I think, the way he tried to train was to do with how the, how the grains were going to be molecularly stretched here and compressed mm -hmm. here. And if you did it in little increments, it would sound better. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I, nope, not me, no. I will never recamber someone's bow if it comes in. Okay. Never. I, I think that, uh, I think that you are salvageable. Okay. Uh, I think that your penance should be, uh, th using those, what are they called? The little heat packets, um, on precise places on your back. <laughs> them up in the microwave <laughs> boo boo packs yeah uh okay. just you know just use those periodically and you will understand the pain of the bows you will empathize with them i can do instrument press outs but i oh, yeah and ribs i'm good at ribs okay let's snap the bows i feel like snapping a bow right now you need to imagine that bow's existence and that bow's trials yeah and it's always after we've yeah. done a lot of work to the bow too by the way yeah okay yeah. fine yeah i kept the frogs i i think you're gonna be all right you you just you just need to remember your compassion for the bows 
Thank you. Okay. You are absolved. That's <laughs> so good. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Rosie. Chris, how you guys doing? Great. I was wishing yesterday that we could like go get tacos again at lunch. I, I think I texted you guys, but it's so nice to spend a few days in person. Those tacos were amazing. There, there's more and better. And next time you come to Texas, we'll try like three or four different places. So you just took us for shitty tacos because I took you to the closest <laughs> good one. Oh, okay, it was really good. How are you settling in, Jerry? I'm still tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay. The next day, it's like I can't do anything, and I sat on my couch with my cat mm-hmm. and did nothing. And uh, then Tuesday was like I got to make money, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's kind of been pedal the, the floor, trying to get a project done so I can, you know, pay bills next month. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's overrated. Yeah. Well, guys, I want to hear from each of you. While you were here at the VSA conference, tell me something you learned and something that surprised you. And go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I learned, but I, I learned a lot seeing Greg Sapp speak at the restoration talk about my flipped perspective on time spent on projects because I was watching him prepare a really nice cello for a complete edge replacement and not an edge doubling where you make the edge thicker Mm -hmm. to reinsert some stability where it's glued down to the ribs, but the entire outline of the top of the cello from the purfling, which is the inlaid black, white, black out had to be taken off and replaced. And I have done that not on a complete instrument, but on three quarters of an instrument by hand And I was thinking about how much time it took me and how overwhelming it was. And all I could think as I was watching Greg prepare jig after jig and stabilization platform after stabilization platform and carefully building these things with his CNC machines and stuff. Uh, For those of you that uh, haven't listened to it, if you go listen to our Rise of the Machines episode. There's a great interview with Greg Sapp. Mm-hmm. He's in Chicago area, has a bunch of shops. Um, and the whole time I was thinking, look at all this time he is spending playing with these machines rather than getting the job done. And then the last 20 seconds of his presentation, he's like, and then because I did all this, I cut the entire edge out in two pieces and spruce and snapped it on. Mm-hmm. And his finished product was uh, so much cleaner and left so much more original material Beautiful. than when I had done it the the sweaty, dirty way, which feels right to me. So I learned again to uh, maybe quash my my prejudices and remember that when I've made up my mind, I'm not learning anything. Mm-hmm. For sure. And in that episode, uh, he talks about that job that you just mentioned. He does. So you can hear Greg's perspective from Greg, which is great. Somebody said, did you have to do any knife work? And he said, well, right where the tip of the purfling is, I took my bridge knife and I 
made a little cut and then it just snapped on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry, what did you learn? Oh, uh, I think I got the most out of Pablo Alfaro and Jaime Gonzalez's uh, presentation on violin making or instrument making in general in Mexico, but also South America. And I was completely blown away by the fact that there were people making violin objects like objects in Bolivia in the 1600s. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of a mind blown moment of just how centric am I in my own world of, well, it's got to be European to be that old. It's got to Europe to Manhattan. That's it. What's below the Rio Grande doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. you know, and it completely changed that perspective. Not only, I mean, I, I did realize that, but I didn't realize it to the fullest extent. And uh, to see those two guys up there and particularly Jaime, who was worried about his English and it was perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just a tradition of making, there's several schools. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Tucuman school Mm -hmm. in Argentina, Mm -hmm. which teaches guitar making as well. And the school in Mexico city, but these places have traditions that are decades longer than than what we have here in the northern american states for sure well what i learned actually uh i volunteered to take a instrument around for bach judging the individual who made this couldn't make it to the vsa so i had the honor of going to esteemed awesome well-known makers and having them look through this person's very first build and giving comments on, well, you see this, um, the way the F hole is shaped and you see like the way it's not perfectly symmetrical on the other side. And you see um, the way that this is like a little bit thick through the bottom and the way this scroll leads into the, um, the peg or the opposite, the peg box leads into the scroll. It was fantastic to get so much information on how to look at an instrument and uh i was blown away yeah yeah uh and of course like next month i've got a weekend set aside to hang out some luthiers and work on my first build so it's yeah it was super informative to to just have all that thrown at me and i uh, i felt like i was the one getting the treat I got to hang out with you while you um, did it with one of the judges. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking afterwards on the plane, what a perfect slice of the judging experience you got mm-hmm. by dealing with both Chris Germain yeah. and Chris Rooney. Yeah. Because Chris Germain is very open about judging something as itself. Does it hang together? Is its conceptual prowess held up? by the style points. Mm-hmm. Chris Rooning, on the other hand, I mean, it, he has all that stuff in him, but he's very focused on, is this hitting the points of the particular maker they were attempting to go after? And if someone is going after a certain maker with their work, why didn't they copy it completely? Yeah, there were a lot of questions that they would ask that we couldn't answer. Like, well, was yeah. it this person's attempt to do a perfect copy or an interpretation of that? And that was fascinated to think through. Judging scary. <laughs> yeah. Because you have no idea who's going to be there, what they're into, and whether they've had any food in the last few hours. It felt 
so good to do this first run and it not and not take any of it personally. <laughs> I was very appreciative. Kudos to those guys for being able to pull apart instruments. When somebody hands me an instrument that they've made and they say, what do you think? I'm so much of a fanboy and want to encourage somebody that's like, I'm not going to say anything remotely bad, but give me something historical where the person is no longer living and I will tear it to shreds. (laughs) Are you saying they're heartless, Jerry Lynn? No, I'm not saying they're heartless. I'm saying that it takes a certain amount of personal fortitude to give criticism mm-hmm. and particularly when somebody like this this person whose instrument you took around it takes a tremendous amount of guts to send that not only not to show up but to send that mm-hmm. and to have that instrument sent around and for those people to look at it and give criticism yeah it's a lot chris yeah. chris what um what kind of critique do you think jerry lynn is holding back on for the two of us uh <laughs> About, about what? what? <laughs> he's waiting for us to die, and then he's going to be like, yeah, "No, <laughs> no." I like the idea that you are just waiting for people to die and saving your. Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite criticisms are is, um, and it's very functional. There are many ways to express yourself in violin making, but glue joints are not one of them. Nice. <laughs> well done. Nice. The classic we would get from Peter Preer was well. It has nice wood. Oh. That was an insult. <laughs> oh, burn. Well, guys, tell me something that surprised you. Uh, Shirley White. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't be surprised, but I was. Um, Shirley was on my panel with, with Greg Sapp and Jerry Passowitz. And uh, I hadn't talked to Shirley in on the phone in a few months. And normally, we go a few months and we catch up a lot. And I, I hadn't heard from her, and she's she looked at me. She says, "I'm really sorry that if I haven't told you this, but uh, my brother is moved in with 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 me you know, on hospice care, mm-hmm. and I might have to bug out at any moment." And I remember thinking to myself, "What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You can you don't you didn't have to come." Yeah, and yeah. I was completely blown away by. Her professionalism and her want. She's a class act. She is a class act. Her want to be there and contribute and inspire. And I was completely surprised and blown away by that. Yes. And uh, we just learned that she lost her brother uh, a few days ago. And uh, Shirley, we love you and thank yeah. you for showing up and keep being awesome. Love you, Shirley. Yeah. So, Chris. I don't feel surprised anymore. I just feel sad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I can tell you one. It's uh, completely, totally different. has nothing to do with violins at all. I was making recordings of people who were volunteers for the VSA to try to encourage people for the next year. And uh, the result of that, at one point, um, I ended up in the bathroom with MJ Kwan because she had noticed the small vanity mirror distorts your face. And so we did a whole recording (laughs) cheek to cheek um, with our distorted faces in the mirror. And that was great fun. You know, back in the 80s, bathroom mirror at a VSA convention might have ended in cocaine. So this is a step (laughs) forward. (laughs) I was surprised uh, at the, the the Mexican instrument making talk. 
the breadth of instruments that were um, that were being made at the time when I think of like the families of instruments being established already. And this carried over into the five string talk that Matt Zeller and Chris Rooning gave on five string cellos, which was really great, really informative. But uh, in both talks, they were going through like all these dead end instruments that were built for a little while and had a crazy array of strings and had strange shapes in the back and stuff that somebody with a, a solid start in a, an instrument making decided to make a new family of instruments that represented in church art and then they disappear. Um, and the, the Mexican violin making, uh, instrument making talk was was cool because they touched on all these uh, native traditions that came out of uh, the church coming to town. I mean, it was either Spain or Portugal, so Catholic in different forms coming to town with instruments that belonged to the church. And then the native makers would begin to make their versions of them. And there's just these like this spreading out like uh, like the roots of a tree of instrument traditions into different parts of the world. And then I went to the five string talk and it was the same thing like in in Holland and in uh, Germany with versions of the cello and versions between a gamba and other flatback instruments into the violin family world that were made for a little while. Somebody painted somebody playing one in one painting and uh, we've never seen him again. That is not what I would have expected you say that you were surprised by. I mean, there was the surprise that you got. Oh. What was the surprise I got? The surprise. Oh. <laughs> the workbench. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm in shock over the workbench. Yeah. Frank Straza made, uh, uh, he made uh, Thor's workbench for me out of book-matched figured maple and black walnut. It's got dovetails. It's got my label inlaid into the side. I don't think of that as a surprise so much anymore. I'm 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 shell shocked, but look at me trying to make up for not. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know. We drooled over it with everybody else. <laughs> I mean, anybody out there who wants to see Frank is a fantastic craftsman, but anybody who wants to see this this killer bench, go to Frank Straza Furniture on Facebook or Instagram, or check out. Instagram at Jacoby Fine Violins. It is so cool to have an heirloom to hopefully pass on to my kids if they keep doing this uh, this funny thing I like to do. I have one more. <laughs> Surprise us. One more. Okay. So you guys, Chris gave a presentation about basically how uh, he made social media work for him, how you uh, make dollars off of your social media efforts. And so the VSA didn't get it worked out where they could do a live stream, but I said, let's turn on Instagram live and do your first IG live stream. And your wife, Britt, was super happy because she got to sit down and watch you do your presentation. And so I've, I've got Chris's phone and I can see who's like signing on and looking and signing off and uh, you can leave comments throughout this presentation. And so Britt, <laughs> everything that you said that she could turn into something inappropriate or sexual, she would make that a comment. 
She's the best. She was cracking me up. I was just trying to keep a straight face during your presentation. Um, (laughs) She was my like secret little (laughs) fun audience member who's razzing you. Uh, So that was a highlight. Thank you, Britt, for being awesome. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, unless you guys have anything else to add. Yeah, I want to. I want to give a shout out to our French listeners. Oh, yeah. We look at our metrics, and of, of course, the bulk of our listeners are in the U.S., mm-hmm. but then there's this surprisingly large pocket that's in France. Viva la France! Hi, France. Thank you very much, and we, France, French luthiers, we'd love to hear from you. How can we be better for you guys? What would you like to hear us talk about? We love you guys. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing that the Miracorps School starts it at high school age. And my friends uh, from Oberlin and, and from other setups that went through that program are such amazing craftspersons. Yeah. yeah. Tremendous hands. And I'm sorry that we have the TSA and also don't let you smoke when you come to our country. I'm sorry. Sincere apologies. Well, thank you guys out there for listening again to OMO. We will hopefully get this to you before our December 4th episode comes out, which is Body Ruin. I've got a, I've got a song for this. Go ahead. Body Ruin, Body Ruin, back went south and my hand stopped moving. Body Ruin, Body Ruin, back went south and my hand stopped moving. Jason's going to love that. Yeah, he's. <laughs> you're going to be auto-tuned and put to a beat. You know, he's... You know, he's compiling uh, all of your, the times that you sing. He's going to make something epic with it. <laughs> like just like one song? Because <laughs> you sing almost every episode. <laughs> I do not. Yeah. That sounds frivolous and silly. <laughs> your point? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to reach out to us at... Uh, mail at omopod.com. Hey, for those of you in the land of the impeachment process, have a nice Thanksgiving. Have a lovely Thanksgiving. Y'all take care. Bye. 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 Omo is the passion project of Rosie Deloach, Chris Jacoby, and Jerry Lynn. If you like the show, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. You can always connect with us at mail at omopod.com or leave a message on the Omo phone, 240-686-5345. We love hearing from you and are always taking more questions for listener feedback. This episode edited with love by yours truly. Thanks for listening and thanks for being a part. Invoke Sound plays our theme music. So people may not realize that uh, Jason is the one who makes us sound absolutely amazing. <laughs> and we've not heard his voice at all. So That's the magic. That's the magic, <laughs> is not hearing Jason. Yeah, yes, hidden behind the curtain. Hidden behind the curtain. So really, you're the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's exactly right. Fantastic. Handing out hearts and brains. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can make more money with that than violin. <laughs> that's true. Did Becky get her lip tattooed? I hope not. Like you? <laughs> Don't tell anybody about my lip tattoo. Oh, whoops. I think you just did. Oh, uh, we it, we it. So.